And you know who else they got now apparently is Cheech from Cheech and Chong. He's on the show as well. Oh, yeah, Cheech, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He plays a sidekick. And, you know, I was thinking about this this afternoon, Bob. That, that seems kind of silly to me, you know, when you think about it. You're making your serious crime drama. You know, you don't want to cast Cheech. That seems, you know, you know who they should have got for that role, don't you, Bob? Uh, who, who's that? Well, they should have got Chong. Chong is indeed in tonight's movie. Yes, he is. They got Chong. Yes, they did. They could have got Cheech, but you know what? <laughs> they got Chong. They went out and got Chong because <laughs> it's a little more serious, you know, when you're making your serious crime drama. Exactly. You need Chong. <laughs> we all need Chong. Should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> Welcome to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Buckle up. It might get a little weird tonight. I think it, it, like this movie is going to guarantee that it's going to get weird. It's going to get weird. We might, I don't know, offer some theories on life, the universe, and everything that, that just, <laughs> well, they're blowing my mind right now as I'm, as I'm thinking about them. Boy, we have a show tonight that combines the talents of Howard Phillips Lovecraft, that's H.P. Lovecraft, and the one and only Nicolas Cage. What a combination. You wonder sometimes, there are moments in life where everything just comes together. Mm-hmm. We must be living right. I don't know. I guess so. You know, the world seems to be falling apart, but <laughs> things are just swimming right grace. along <laughs> right here at the Late Night Fright. We do indeed have Nicolas Cage in an H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. Faith, what do we have tonight? We have Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space. A the, color. The title. I never can remember if it's a color or just color. Or the I think color. It's, I it's, think it's just, just color. color. They just call it color. It's just color. Color Out of Space. That's right. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. Welcome to the show. We are really glad to have you here. We should really honestly be called the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast slash Nicolas Cage Nicolas Cage Fan, fan Zone. <laughs> The fan zone, yes. like the ESPN fan zone, yeah, yes. the cage, the cage match. Uh, if you're a first time listener, welcome. If you're a long time listener, you'll know that we have done the cage match. Mm-hmm. We pitted the films of Nicolas Cage against each other in an effort to determine which one is the most cagiest. It was face off, but uh, you know, that's in the back catalog. Go listen to those episodes. You know what's most important about that? We have a theme song. Yes, we do. We have a theme song, and <laughs> Faith loves the theme song. And you know what? We're going to get to that theme song right now. What do you say? I am so ready to hear so it. So here comes the theme song, and we're going to see you on the other side of this. It's about to get weird. Buckle up. I'm Dan. And I am Faith. Here you go. All the dialogue is either whispered or screamed. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Everything in the movie is on fire. Am I getting through to you? Over! I said, put the bunny back in the box. Calm down, Nick. Let's do our self-esteem exercises where we pay each other compliments. 
We're gonna have a three-way with a declaration of independence. <laughs> All right, here we go. We have three interesting characters at the center of tonight's movie. H.P. Lovecraft, Nicolas Cage, and a director, Richard Stanley. So let's start with Lovecraft, who, well, we wouldn't have this without H.P. Lovecraft. I'm going to say this at the very beginning. I am not an expert in Lovecraft. There are Me people either. out there who are experts in Lovecraft. I have recently started reading Lovecraft and really enjoying it. I've read uh, The Tomb, and I've read Dagon, and I'm getting ready to read... Polaris, and uh, there's some some great podcasts out there. The HP uh, podcast, Love Pod. I don't know. Well, I'll look up the name of it love, on the break. It's like you said, Love Pod. Love Pod. Well, the Love Pod. That's you know, what we are. We're a Love Pod. So <laughs> it's not the Love Shack. <laughs> no, no, that's the baseball field up at Louisiana Tech. Yes. <laughs> so here's a here's a feel good quote for you. The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. That was said by Howard Phillips Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft. He was born August 20th, 1890. He died March 15th, 1937. He was a writer of weird fiction, science fiction, fantasy, and horror. His stories were published in pulp magazines of the time, most prominently Weird Tales. He suffered from mental illness, or did he, Faith? Did he indeed suffer from mental illness or was it maybe something a little different? We're going to talk a little bit about that later. He is most famous today for creating the Kulu, as he said, although in the popular culture, it's Cthulhu, Kulu, Cthulhu, however you like to say it, that mythos, and the Necromonicon, also known as the Book of the Dead, which appears in several of his stories, including tonight's film, as well as Sam Raimi's Evil Dead series. You remember that one, don't you, Faith? Oh, yes. His Kulu slash Cthulhu mythos includes the great old ones, powerful deities who once ruled the earth and have fallen into a dreamlike sleep or death-like sleep, if you prefer. The first story to feature an old one was Dagon. I mentioned that in the intro, published in 1919. It's pretty terrifying. Lovecraft's influence can be seen on Sam Raimi, John Carpenter, his Apocalypse Trilogy, The Thing. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And it seeped into the popular culture. Look closely at Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. You might catch a glimpse of Kulu slash Cthulhu. Those tentacles. I like those tentacles. I do too. Tonight's Tale was his personal favorite of his writings, and it appeared in the September 1927 edition of Amazing Stories. So we're talking tonight about a tale that was concocted almost 100 years ago. That's great. That's crazy. That's great. It's amazing. Let's talk about weird fiction. Uh, I had to look this up. Weird fiction has a focus on the supernatural. It's a blending of horror and fantasy. They took supernatural tropes and made them weirder. That's self-explanatory. Yeah. And cosmic horror. Now, this is where Lovecraft really comes into his own. So he, he's the progenitor of this genre. I use the word progenitor. <laughs> it's a nice word. I feel good about myself. <laughs> you feel smart. Uh, a little bit. SMRT. <laughs> Cosmic horror. It deals with the fragility or fragility of man's sanity and the utter pointlessness of humanity's existence in the universe. Underneath our reality, there is something much more harmful to the human mind. This became known as Lovecraftian horror. 
should make you feel real good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's existentialism and nihilism taken to the nth degree. Yep. What are the elements of Lovecraftian horror? Number one, detachment and isolation. I think we've got that in tonight's movie. Number two, the unknown. Number three, the fragility of sanity, or fragile. It's Italian. <laughs> Number four, if I can get this out, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to get, but but I deserve something if I get this out. Anti-anthropocentrism. <laughs> Anthropocentrism is the belief that humans are the central, most important element of existence. He doesn't believe that we are. And number five, viscerate textures. What is that? Gelatinous substances characteristic of cephalopods. You know, squids and octopus. Yeah. Is it octopus? Octopi? I don't know. Tonight's film was directed by Richard Stanley. He's known for 1990's Hardware and 1992's Dust Devil. He's from South Africa. He was also the original director of 1996's The Island of Dr. Moreau, which is considered to be one of the biggest bombs in history. He was fired after a few days. That story is documented in the documentary film Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. In tonight's film, a secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite which has apocalyptic... Apocalyptic? Boy, it's just... There are some words tonight. <laughs> apocalyptic consequences for the Gardner family that lives there and possibly the world. Ooh. It stars Nicolas Cage as Nathan Gardner, Jolie Richardson as Teresa Gardner. She was in Event Horizon. We covered that movie here on the show. Madeline Arthur as Lavinia Gardner. Elliot Knight as Ward Phillips. He's named after Lovecraft, so Howard Phillips Lovecraft, Ward Phillips. Brendan Meyer as Benny Gardner. Julian Hilliard as Jack Gardner. And Chong, Tommy Chong as Ezra. Color Out of Space was released on January 24th, 2020. January 24th, well, it's John Belushi's birthday. We just sure did an is. episode on John Belushi and Neighbors. And uh, it was released just before the world ended and is intended as the start of a Lovecraft trilogy. So before we get into this, uh, the Lost Soul documentary that was mentioned here, a friend of mine called me up one morning. It was about 8 o'clock, and he said, stop what you're doing and watch this documentary it really is a journey through hell. <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> this guy didn't work until Color Out of Space, so it took him that long to get back I think up. It was like what twenty seven years ago. Is that is that yeah? That'd be about right. Yeah, ninety six. So yeah. twenty two years, twenty two, twenty three. I guess when they started. Yeah, getting it together. So yeah. ninety six, eighteen, two thousand twenty. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, it's a good amount of time. Yeah, uh, I did not know there would be math. On this exam. So, no, I just read it earlier. It's, so maybe they were just considering this year. So, so <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into the Lovecraft uh, first of all. How familiar were you with Lovecraft? I mean, slightly. You know the name. You know, yeah. You know, kind of the gist of of who he right. is. But I've never really done like a deep dive uh, into his work, and I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't. After same here. This. Same here. I was familiar with uh, Reanimator, the film Reanimator, mm -hmm. which is based on his work. And I know of his influence on Carpenter, especially with the Apocalypse trilogy. Right. Especially with The Thing. I was, I was familiar with that influence. So I'm more familiar with his influence on other people than I am. His actual work. His actual yeah. work. And I'm familiar with the pop culture 
view of Lovecraft, which is tentacles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Kulu, Cthulhu. Uh, I, I like Kulu. I like, I like that. I like that pronunciation. It's supposed yeah. to be unpronounceable as, as oh. Lovecraft, but he said Kulu is the closest. Cool, and yeah. it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, and it's really interesting. The, the confluence of events that, that brought us to this film and I'll, I'll go through them very quickly. We never need an excuse to do a Nicolas Cage film on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Never need an excuse to do a Nicolas Cage film. But um, there is a program that I tune into sometimes on the Fringe FM. If you're not hip to the Fringe FM, please get hip to the Fringe FM. There's a free app. You can download it on your phone and you can tune in. It's It's a live radio digital stream. There's a show called Strange Minds. And they did an episode on Lovecraft and it was a very intriguing premise. And the question they asked was they were talking about the old ones, as he calls them, the eternal ones, you know, these Mm -hmm. old gods. They were talking about this. And when I tell you, I I was not familiar with any of this outside that, you know, this Kulu character has these tentacles and comes up out of the sea, you know, and, they started talking about it and they started talking about his life. And, you know, they, they say that he had a psychological break, that there were all these, you know, psychiatric problems that, that ran in his family and that he had. And it was after his grandmother died that he started having these visions of these creatures, these, these nightmarish winged creatures that would carry him to these worlds, these, these otherworldly dreamscapes and uh, black, you know, just, just these black, gooey looking things and they would bring him to these worlds of these kind of mountainous prickly things and they would drop him you know and the weird thing is the people up in new england because that's where he's from um one of his famous quotes is i am providence because that's that's where he was from there were people who reported at the same time having the same kind of dreams about the same kind of creatures very very strange Mm -hmm. you know so is it a mass psychosis or is there something else going on but what they were saying is, was he having psychological episodes or was he one of these rare people who was tapping into something, into the collective subconscious, the collective unconscious you know, mm-hmm. mind? And there have been, uh, there's precedence for this. Uh, Philip K. Dick, the great science fiction writer who gave us Blade Runner, he gave us a story that became Blade Runner. He gave us the story that became Total Recall and 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 a lot of other ones and, and re- widely regarded as one of the greatest writers of all time. His Valus trilogy, some people have surmised that he was getting downloads. Downloads mm-hmm. from where? Some have said, you know, and this is, again, buckle up. It's going to get a little weird here. You know, uh, the Black Knight satellite, which I don't know if any of you out there have heard of the Black Knight satellite, but it is rumored allegedly to be this... Uh, otherworldly object that that orbits the earth mm-hmm. and it is literally this black mass they have no idea what it is okay. where it came from some people have said that they believe philip k dick was getting downloads from this black knight satellite in this you know in this valus trilogy yeah. that he wrote so was lovecraft crazy and i don't like calling people crazy because sometimes people who, who who they call crazy, they're not crazy. They're seeing right. things in a different in a different way. His biography certainly, you know, uh, 
the elements in his biography certainly point to the fact that he could have had a mental break because of right. the tragedy in his life. But knowing some of the things that I've read and known mm-hmm. and experienced with some things, I I think there was something more going on with him. And I think he was tapped into something. And when you look at this mythology, and again, listen, I am not a Lovecraft expert. I know some of you out there probably are. There are Lovecraft experts out there. If you would like to reach out to us, late night fright podcast at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you about it. I'm starting my journey with Lovecraft. Faith is starting her journey mm-hmm. with Lovecraft. We know the basic beats. I feel in a way that we're doing him a disservice tonight because we're not as intimately familiar with right. his work as we could be. Um, so in that respect, we know what we have here that we've looked up and, and dealt with and, we're going to talk about the movie then proper and kind yeah. of compare it to what we've what we found here with the cosmic horror, which I, I love. And so so in that respect, I feel like we're doing him in a service. But if you'd like to, you know, tell us things we've missed, I would mm-hmm. love to have you, 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 you know, get in touch with right. us on this, because I feel like we're entering this really great world here. And I'm really oh, excited yeah. about this. But I, I think he was in touch with something. I think there's something going on. I think he's he he, he saw beyond the veil. I really do. I think so, too. I think he was definitely tapping into something. And I watched something recently about somebody tapping into thinking they were having dreams, but they were actually being visited by spirits. And what really set it off for me with him is that I read that when he was young, he was sick all the time, that he never left the house. He was so pale. He never even went outside, barely. He was always always ill and I was like that's really interesting because if you have these weird creatures visiting you or taking you places that might make you ill if you're being affected by these strange whatever they are you know what I mean so that kind of ding 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 in my head like huh I I and one thing that was striking me too I've had this thought before you know I, I a few years ago I was doing this I was I was I was in I was in a I was in a transition phase uh, a few years back where, you know, I was, I was moving into the next part of life, you know, and, right. and, and you can call it like the career phase where you're, you're, you're finding your purpose kind of yeah. thing. And, and you're not working for other people. You're, you're, you're doing things that you love and that's, and so your passion is your career and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So I, I would find myself with a lot of thoughts in my head and, you know how, and I'm sure all of you out there listening can relate to this because it's it's so common to us, and it's one of these things sometimes we don't talk about as humans. Not that I want this to be a therapy session, but but there are things that we just we 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 all experience, and sometimes we we don't talk about them. You know, right? And it's those moments when your mind you can't turn your mind off. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've all had that experience, especially falling asleep. You know, and what is that? You know, what is that? I I, I don't have a good answer for it. You know. There's the easy answer of, well, maybe you had too much caffeine. That's that's an easy, easy answer, mm-hmm. right? Right. But I think sometimes there is more to it. I think your subconscious is telling you things. I also think sometimes you could be getting, quote, unquote, downloads, like we've talked about with Lovecraft and with Philip K. Dick. But I, I was very restless at this time in my life, and one thing that I kept going back going to and would trip me out and give me panic attacks was I would think about infinity mm-hmm. and Been part, there. Part, yeah <laughs> yeah and part of it too is and he he 
he he got this. Uh, I was doing some reading. You know, I think he understood this. Mm-hmm. Is we have what I call these monkey brains, and we cannot. There are certain things we cannot comprehend. And when you look at the cosmic horror, and so I'm thinking about infinity, and I think maybe I was having that existential crisis dilemma of this is so we're so insignificant in the big scheme of this mm-hmm. thing, you know. And it was Carl Sagan who said. Are we, how's the quote go? It's like, are we alone in the universe? Well, there's two answers, and both of them are terrifying. Right. Both of them are terrifying. And I think I think everybody goes through that, you know, this existential oh, yeah. where you realize just how small uh-huh. exactly. we, we really are in the infinity, mm-hmm. you know. He compared us to ants, you know, ants yeah. in the cosmic, you know, yard, That's you true. know. <laughs> and so, so I was, I was really... Uh, Maybe it's one of those things where I wasn't quite ready for Lovecraft, you know, until now. Right. You, you, you know, like they say, the teacher appears yeah. you know, when the student <laughs> is ready. I, I don't know if I'm a student, but it's 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 really interesting. But it was I, I've I feel like in a way I get this, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. How do you feel about it? No, I'm with you. I, I feel like I think you, I think you even texted me earlier and I agree with you like your gut kind of goes there. The intuition goes, this is this is correct. You don't really want right. it to be correct because it's so nihilistic in a way. But, but well, some- I just had a thought when you said something about downloads, it, you know, it, why wouldn't you necessarily get downloads? I mean, think about your body, think about yourself. You're, yeah. you're running on, you're like a computer remote. You we know, are, like, we are like energetic. Compu- yeah. Computer. I mean, your heart's beating yeah. with no bat. Like you're just, so why wouldn't you think you'd get some type of, you know, wavelength of information? Well, <laughs> like absolutely. And science, so, I mean, and science has proven that we are energetic bodies yeah, and so, we have fields and, and, you know, and that field can be, uh, corrupted or, or enhanced, mm-hmm. you know? So, I, I tend to believe that there's a lot of truth in what in what he was writing about and so this too. viewpoint too of the fact that we are you know very small. The interesting thing about the mythology, and again, I apologize to all of all of the Lovecraft, the hardcore Lovecraft fans who who know this backwards and forwards. I I don't, I'm, I, and I and again, I, I really am. I'm sorry. Uh, there just wasn't enough time to like really you know, get all of that, you know, prepared because there's so much of it. But when you look at the idea, though, that I'm getting, and again, if I'm wrong, let me know, uh, late night fright podcast at gmail.com. Please, please let me know. Uh, One of the things I was getting is, you know, these old gods, the the old ones, as he as he talked about, like the titans, you know, Uh of, of mythology, you know, that in a way, you know, we were seated here by them and they were seeding the universe and they were here before we were and, and, and all this. And if you look at ancient alien theory and, you know, uh, quote unquote, alternative views of the origins <laughs> of mankind and, and our place in the universe, it does fit in with that. Mm-hmm. It really does. And then the real kicker where a lot of this horror comes from is that these gods, these demigods and gods and, and things like this, they don't care about us. We're we're just, nope. you know, uh, it's like in Ghostbusters 2 when Peter McNichol said, you are but the buzzing of flies to Vigo, <laughs> you know? So 
we're tiny, insignificant, mm-hmm. and there is some weird crap out there that we just cannot fathom. And you know, and it's it's that's it. Yeah, you know, that's it. So really, really interesting. I, and and for this, I'm really glad that this film came up. You know, the way that that, right. that things work out. So I heard the I heard that uh, the radio show, and they were talking about it, and it's really interesting. And then, uh, color out of space. I had actually bought because it was in a set with Mandy and I really enjoyed Mandy and it was on sale and I wanted that. And this, it was like a bonus, you know, here at Colorado yeah. Space. So awesome. Just, just awesome. The way that it like came together. Laps it really did. It really did. <laughs> so I said, we have three characters that we're talking about tonight. HP Lovecraft. Well, Richard Stanley, uh, his mother used to read him Lovecraft and this, this is a real passion project of his and for him to come back after exile in the movie world and make a film as good as this is. And we're, we are going to talk about the film. I promise you, we're going to talk about the film. And, uh, I think you can tell there's a passion behind this. And this, uh, this has been adapted five times now, five Mm -hmm. times, I believe. Uh, die monster die with Boris Karloff. That was back in the sixties. That was one of Karloff's, uh, last films really later, later, later Karloff. I think it came out in 65, 64, 65, uh, we have uh, uh, the curse was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, color of night is or is color one. from dark or something. color from yeah something dark. like that. Yeah. I thought I saw dark on there. And this is considered to be one of the uh, maybe the best yeah. adaptation, uh, one of the better Lovecraft adaptations I was reading too. Mm-hmm. So really really cool. But there's a lot of love behind this, and you can tell you know they're trying to do a trilogy. And he and he inserted Easter eggs mm-hmm. that uh, again. If you know what to if look for. If you know what to look for, we, we, yeah, I caught the Necromonicon. Yeah. I, am I saying that right? Because you know what? We did uh, Evil Dead way back in the day, and I got, I got blasted by somebody for mispronouncing that. Necromonicon is what I have here. Necromonicon. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure we pronounce that correctly, but that makes an appearance. So I was like, ah, I see that. And uh, we haven't read enough. We were looking online and finding the Easter eggs. You know, uh, Lavinia, uh, they're alluding to the short story, The Dunwich Horror there, which may be the next film in the trilogy. We're going to talk about the future of this. It might be in jeopardy. But uh, so so there's little things. There's little things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The character, as we said, of of Ward Phillips in this, and he's wearing a shirt from a a university that... uh, that appears in a lot of the Lovecraft stories. Mm-hmm. So uh, really nice Easter eggs. You can tell there is an attention to detail here and a real love, I think, for... And understanding. And understanding, yes. That, that's a great point. You uh, know, I feel like he he understood... Because I haven't read this story, but you can tell that there could be some kind of, like, obvious... I don't, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, like... There's really no necessary like answer to what this is. So yeah. You could really mess this up. You, that there, you know, there you was really you could put this in a weird direction where there was, was a like, video. Don't get it. There was a video I watched, and the guy was making the point that it's very hard to do this correctly. Right. Yeah, you know, it's it very seems hard because like be. audiences aren't going to take to it, and we're going to talk about something that we love about this movie that a lot of audiences might not like about mm-hmm. this movie, especially in the times that we're living in movie-wise, because like with the Marvel movies and with the modern Star Wars movies, we have to explain everything. everything. 
There are no answers in this movie, so we're going to talk about that. I said there's three characters we need to talk about. <laughs> we're going to get to him when we when we get into the film, and that's the one and only Nicolas Cage, our favorite actor here on the Late Night Fright. Okay, we have we've got the clerical stuff out of the way, so let's talk <laughs> about the movie. The movie itself, plot-wise, is very simple. The mm-hmm. meteor falls on this family's farm, and then it gets really, really <laughs> weird. The color itself in the story is described as something that has never been seen before. The color here is a magenta hue. So you know when the world of the film is being influenced because you see this magenta hue. And they chose magenta specifically because magenta is an optical illusion created in your eye. So again, we talked about that attention to detail. What a wonderful choice that was made i read too that he used like different technology that had never been used before to get that color i think he used like specific like thermal imaging stuff yeah, to like really, really cool. pick up that color because how do you make you can't make up a color like no <laughs> you know? and i want to add that i read if 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 the figure is correct that i read uh that this movie is made for about a million dollars which it's crazy. is amazing as, it's as beautiful great yeah, it's at. a beautiful movie so, so the thing lands, and then things really start getting weird. There's time lapses. Uh, animals start acting weird. People start acting weird. And then we have uh, just... I mean, even the water is weird. <laughs> it affects the water. It affects the land. Everything's weird. And the thing is, this thing just lands. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah. it. It, it the meteorite lands. It gets struck by lightning. Kind of reminded me like slightly of the blob. You know, you got something landing, and you got this weird, colorful thing that's <laughs> a little bit about a little bit, know? yeah, very slightly. And 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 there's uh the alpacas. They have they have alpacas on this on this farm that uh that the gardeners own. And then the animals start acting weird, and then things start getting fused together by this this color, and it just you don't know why it's there. You don't know what it wants. You don't know. It, that's the thing. You really don't know much about it. And we were watching the movie together, and you can see it. I love I love the way this this all comes back around. The influence of Lovecraft on Carpenter, mm-hmm. especially with The Thing from 82, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite films. Mine too. And then you get the influence of Carpenter being influenced by Lovecraft on this Lovecraft adaptation. Mm-hmm. Because when you see the uh, the alpacas all fused together, it is so much like the dog, the dog creatures yeah. and The Thing. <laughs> and then uh, the character, uh, Jolie Richardson's character and her name. Teresa. Uh, Teresa. And the youngest son, uh, Jack. Jack, played by Julian Hilliard. They get struck by the color and they get fused together and it looks just like the thing that's at the Norwegian camp. And then that's where the uh, the viscerate textures, as they say, because it's this gelatinous kind of thing, you know. So let's go through the elements of Lovecraftian horror in relation to the color out of space, detachment and isolation. This family is completely oh, yeah. detached and isolated. Uh, the unknown. Yes, I think Absolutely. I think we've established that the fragility of sanity. This is where casting Cage comes in. This mm-hmm. is where the casting of Cage comes in. So let's talk about him. He is our favorite actor here on the show. 
I think the man, I, I'm on record if you go back and listen to the cage match episodes, if you listen to this show for any length of time and he comes up in conversation, <laughs> I think the man is an absolute genius. I think so too. I say that with no trace of irony. There are people who love him ironically, mm-hmm. you know, and there is no one in the world Mm-mm. acting, you know, actors <laughs> that I would rather watch. I don't care if it's a good movie. I don't care if it's a bad movie. This dude is next level. This this guy is next level. For me, it's Brando. I'm talking about the guys who kind of changed the game. It's yeah. like Brando changed the game. Brando brought us out of really out of the silent films into a more naturalistic way of acting. And then there's Cage, who brings it back to the silent era a little bit while bringing in comic book influence. He brings in influences from everywhere. He does. From Japanese films, from anime, from anything that uh-huh. he sees and he processes. You know who did that? John Belushi did that. He we did. Ma- you know, Sorry, my mouth keeps making That's noises. all right. That's all right. Uh, John Belushi would, uh, was on record as saying he anything that he ever did in his life, he brought with him it's to true. the screen. And what I love about Cage, and I'm bringing up Belushi for a specific reason. We did a show on Belushi a few weeks ago, Neighbors. It's also a tribute to John, uh, 40 years now since he passed away. But I'm bringing him up for a very specific reason, because somebody said about John Belushi that you got the feeling when he was on screen, anything could happen. I don't know of many people today who have that thing about them outside of Nicolas Cage. And anything can happen with him and that's what i love about it but i also love that he has such total control total control oh, and he can ground so easily he can ground, movie. which he does in this movie <laughs> so well and it doesn't feel fake or pretentious Mm-mm. and i think the dude is a legitimate genius and you know a lot of people make fun of him for that comment uh around the time uh, the Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance movie was coming out, uh-huh. and he said uh, his acting style was nouveau shamanic. Uh-huh. And it's funny, haha. Always Nicholas Cage is weird. But if 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 you go back, if you go back into the roots of like Greek plays and things like this, you know, wearing the because he talked about he'd have items on him, you know, the power objects kind yeah. of thing, you know, and he'd uh, paint his face, you know, and do things, yeah. You know, they used to wear these masks and they would wear objects that would give them power. So no, no, no. He's actually bringing it all the way back to antiquity. Exactly. And, and the guy is not stupid. No. The guy's really not stupid. Not and he also gets the joke because he's got a movie coming out called the unbearable weight of extraordinary talent where he's playing a hyper version of himself, this I'm, hyper meta version of himself that's gotten wonderful reviews. Yes. He gets the joke. And I believe that comes out April twenty second. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I heard the commercial earlier. Yeah. So we'll we'll be we'll be doing that one when it comes out. And it looks really good. And it uh does. and you know, he's gonna be doing Dracula. Dracula and we saw finally saw pictures of him as Dracula and it looks absolutely wonderful. It looks Amazing. like you want him to, to look as Dracula. So there's no one as interesting to me as Nicolas Cage. And you're talking about him grounding. And he's I've said this. I, I'm Again, if you've heard this on the show before, I apologize. He's like a great jazz soloist because mm-hmm. in music, uh, you can, especially in improv, in improv, you know, uh, one of the tendencies uh, younger musicians have when they start improving is they want to play all the time. They want to play. So if you've got like, uh, like, like just let's take, for instance, like a blues 
tune, you know, and I, I hope this isn't going over any of our non-musical listeners heads, but yeah, it blues is pretty much the simple, the simplest form you can get. Yeah. Okay. And they're going to want to like, you know, play and, and, and not take a breath, right. you know, and what you want to do is you want to develop a theme and, and your, your themes, like in a conversation like we're having here, it has more power when there's pauses, when there's, you know, you right. know, when you're staying on topic, you know, but right. okay, you see, so there's a call and answer, see, yes. call and answer a response. And I feel like Cage has that ability to set the groundwork. Mm-hmm. And then, so if I start, and then I start, okay. You see, so uh-huh. it starts, it starts building in intensity and, you know. Right. And he does that in this film. Mm -hmm. He does that because he's very grounded. He's taking care of the family. And then as he starts getting influenced by this thing, then what you expect in the, in the cage rage starts to come out. And not only is he channeling, you know, the weirdness, he's channeling maybe the greatest performance of his career in vampires kiss, which, which we did (laughs) in the, in the cage match and is, you know, a subject of mockery you know, on the internet a lot of times. And it's like, no, no, it's an amazing, amazing performance. It's rooted in German expressionistic cinema, you know, silent movies and is, and is amazing. And he actually at the behest of Richard Stanley puts on the vampire's kiss voice when he's, when he starts channeling his father in the film. And I, I, I looked at you and I went, it's vampire's kiss, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> no, we're not going to be doing that, you know? And it's, it's wonderful. So when you start getting into the fragility of sanity, you know, and you got Nicolas Cage, it's amazing. It's 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 who you want to take you on this I was weird say, journey. Who else would you? Who else did you get? <laughs> you know, right? And then um, let's see. So the anti anthropocentrism. Gosh, that is a that is a that's a dollar seventy five word. You know, as we said, that's the belief that humans. This belief that humans are not the central, most important element of existence. And think about this. This thing just lands and then it just goes to crap. It just, you know, there it is. And viscerate textures, there's a little gelatinous thing in the shower, you know. I, I love the gelatinous stuff. I feel like it's more, for me as a viewer, I feel like it's more, um, I don't know, it does something more for me than like blood. Yeah. I don't know. Blood. I mean, blood's, you know. It has its yeah, place, but the gore. The, this stuff is just—it's gooey and gross, and you don't know what it is. And, yeah, you know, I mean, blood's blood, but this is like, yeah, you don't know what it is. And the thing about like, like, like tentacles and stuff—we don't really see tentacles in this, yeah, because yeah. that's like yeah. I said, yeah, Lovecraft has tentacles. He's known for the tentacles, but we he don't has get tentacles. Well, he had tentacles in his work, I should say. <laughs> he may have. We don't know. He's not. They said he didn't go outside very often. Yeah, you know. But the tentacle is about the furthest thing you can get that's soft, squishy from from you know uh, an appendage, a human appendage. Right. You know, it's it's. Um, this, this is a quick, funny story. I I walk every morning. Uh, I I try to walk about five miles every morning. And in my neighborhood, there's a palm tree. It's a dead palm tree. And and uh, do they call them fronds? Is that what the 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 leaves the are? Palm te- frond. Yeah. The palm frond. That's what it's called. Okay. We're going. We've got some words, vocabulary tonight on the show. It's gonna might tie into our news later. Uh, and and these fronds are basically dead. You know, they've they've decayed and wilted and withered. And but 
the way that they look hanging off this thing, they look like tentacles, like these dried out tentacles. And every morning <laughs> when I walk by them, I think of HP Lovecraft. <laughs> I really do. I think of I think it's like, oh, it's Kulu. Maybe that was your true inspiration. <laughs> it could have been. For diving in. Love could have been, yeah. Diving. In. Yeah, that's an interesting point, too. One of the things is, you, you know, the, the horror comes from the cosmic void, which it does in Color Out of Space, mm-hmm. but it also, in his in his stories, comes from the depths of the ocean, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> those places that are unknown, you know. Yeah, and, that, I mean, really, I I think about it quite often, just how all these places that aren't explored that's you don't know what's out there that's what's so terrifying yes you know yes it is and And you don't know what's out there no and that's what i like about this i think that's where you were going earlier with it how audience might not like really and that's that's what i wanted to bring bring yeah bring this back around is we know nothing at the end of the day here we know nothing and i'm okay with it we were we were watching this movie and I I looked over at Faith and and I paused it because I because I, I felt like I needed to take a breath. Yeah. You know? And it's not that it's this exhilarating thing, but I needed to stop for a moment. And I looked over at her and I said, are you as with this movie right now as I am? And she was like, yes. And I said, do you have any idea what's going on? No. But we love it. And we loved it. Yeah. I don't even think we spoke the whole entire time it was playing really to each other because really you're, you're so you have to be in, you have to you have to be with it, it pulls you so in and you're just stuck with it you know and that's another thing they, they talk about you know the, these uh these cosmic horrors might not really work for audiences you have to be with it you know you have right. to you have to commit yourself to it you know and it's not disposable this is not disposable entertainment this is saying something mm-hmm. you know it really an interesting movie. Um, the cast is great. Mm-hmm. Cast is really great. Jolie Richardson is 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 wonderful as always. Uh, remember, she was in Event Horizon that we did. We really liked her in yeah. Event Horizon. I, I've I like her in everything. I like her role in this. And the thing about Lovecraft that I was uh, and I've learned this as I've been reading Lovecraft is there's not a lot of character development, and so. There's a little bit of character development here, just in establishing the relationship, you know, of the family. Mm-hmm. And she and Cage and the other actors that that play the gardeners, I feel like, do a great job of giving us a baseline of where they're yeah. at. You know, and she's she's really great. She's she's a really really wonderful actress. But I I think I think the cast is really good. But we we need to talk about Chong. <laughs> I I mean, outside of an appearance on The Masked Singer, I haven't seen Tommy Chong. <laughs> in a while and what an inspired choice to play Ezra the hippie who's squatting on the land I find it really interesting that his character is able to to I would say is kind of in tune with them in a way he he can hear this thing whatever this thing is uh is aware of its presence you know and and he definitely like everyone else feels the presence and what I thought was really interesting, I just thought about this. He has his face painted at one point in the movie when he's when he's as it's as this thing is affecting mm-hmm. the environment around them. And the way that his face is painted is how we see Lavinia at the end of the movie when she kind of lights up like it's it you know oh, that's true yeah you know, like the 
uh, the third eye yeah. area and, and, and around the eyes. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, there are time distortions in the movie. So so what did he know? When did he uh-huh. know it? Kind of thing. It, it's a it's 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 such an interesting movie. It, it's very hard to quantify some of it. You know, you have to just kind of watch it mm-hmm. you know, and experience it. And but absolutely beautiful to look at the cinematography and the photography is really great it's the, gorgeous. I, I i like the look of of the the land that they're on mm-hmm. you feel the isolation the uh the way that the the environment looks as this thing starts affecting it with the magentas coming out and the animals and and all of this it's it's, it's wonderful the effects are great and uh it's it's great i i i put it uh, a couple of notches below John Carpenter's The Thing, but it's in that vein. Right. It's in that vein because we were talking about it afterwards, like with The Thing. What do you really know about The Thing at the end of the day? Nothing. You You know what the characters <laughs> are surmising about it. Right. But you don't. But you have, still never get a clear cut answers. <laughs> you know? Right. You really don't even know what it looks like. No, you, know? you don't. And again, we love that movie. And for those reasons, because it's like, I mean, that's, that's terrifying, you know, and that's, that's why I'm watching it. And that's what draws you to that movie because you have no idea what this is. And it's just pure terror. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's horrific. Um, you know, with the thing and, and we're, I'm looking here at this list of, of the elements of Lovecraftian horror, the fragility of sanity, you know, with the thing, you don't even know if you're you. Right. Yeah. I know. You could have been assimilated and not even know it. And exactly. It's, it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I do feel that the thing, is, you know, is, is this closely, most closely resembles the thing. You know, it yeah. definitely, it definitely has that, that kind of tone to it, you know. Um, but uh, what did uh, what did you think of of Cage's performance here? And, and let me say this: Cage has been on a real winning streak for me recently. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of going back to Mandy and Mom and Dad and Willie's Wonderland. He was great. Willie's Wonderland, another another really good mm-hmm. movie. Uh, what what do you think of, of Cage Cage here? I loved him. I was telling you earlier how I liked that he was somewhat kind of. You can kind of tell he was a little odd, but he still felt normal enough. That when he did kind of transition into this, you know, vampire's kiss character, it wasn't like, oh my God, he's taking it way over the top. You know, it still felt like his character, but just gone, you know, cuckoo. Yeah. (laughs) I I never felt like he went over the top. There was never any kind of campiness about it. No, no. Yeah, it was always, it was always very grounded. I I mean, my gosh, yeah, spoiler alert, the scene where he, uh, where he shoots his, his wife and son, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he says, this is not my family. This is not my family, yeah. he thinks his family is actually downstairs because of this. See, what I got, I, I was reading some information, and somebody was like, the color is a different dimension. So it absorbs and warps everything, and that's what it does to time. So you have no idea, like, what time frame you're in. Because it's like different dimensions you're entering and yeah. exiting. And I, think that, I, I mean, I, I'd buy that, I guess. I like that the movie doesn't give us any answers. Right. You can kind of you can kind of play with your own I like I there. like that. I like that we're observers to this. Uh-huh. And and I like um, 
the Elliot Knight performance as Ward Phillips. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that performance. The eyes that were kind of seeing mm-hmm. this through the observer, you know, love kind of Lovecraft himself, you know, right. which is really nice and uh, really, really good. Really yeah. good. I-, I loved it. And it opens, uh, interestingly enough, uh, he recites the opening to the actual story, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really, really, really nice touch. So, you know, it touches on some environmental issues too, uh, which is which is really nice. Uh, I think it does it in a really nice way. Mm-hmm. And all in all, this is such, and like I said, you can tell that this movie is just coming from this really, really wonderful place, this really wonderful place of love. Which is ironic considering what we're, you know, right. you know what we're talking about. Because this gets horrific. It really gets horrific. It really and does. I found myself thinking about it a lot after we finished watching. Me it too. was, a, and by the way, it was a first time watch for both mm-hmm. of us, and it, it it got under my skin a whole lot more than I than I realized at the time uh, I was watching yeah. it. And the more I got to thinking about it, the the more terrifying it got, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, when the mom and the son become one and yeah. she's trying to like absorb him and she's yeah. gooey and her hair's falling out. It's just, it, it's gross and creepy and <laughs> yeah, disturbing. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I'm a fan of the movie. I'm a fan of the movie. Me um, too. Elijah Wood's production company did this and, and, and good for him. I think he did. I think they did Mandy. He too. did Mandy the, too, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they were in a movie together. They, Elijah Wood and Nicolas Cage made a film together. So I, that, that might be the yes, connection yeah. there. I mean, why wouldn't you cast Nicolas Cage if you can get him? <laughs> exactly. It, um, really, really good. I'm, I'm very happy the way that this came together. Um, and again, um, not to sound like a broken record, uh, they're Lovecraft fans. I'm learning are very into it. You know, they're very into that world. Um, you know, I'm like that with certain things. You know, yeah. that I'm really into. So, I appreciate your passion. Mm-hmm. And again, if if uh, I know we we missed some things with this, oh, I, yeah, I, I know that. I know that. And I just want to let you know that. We are aware of it. Uh, and again, if you'd like to get in touch with us, I, I would sincerely love to hear from you Lovecraft fans out there and let me know. Uh, let me know. Let me know who you are. Let me know why you love his work and uh, what we may have missed here. And if we get enough feedback, we might do kind of another episode where we might read some of that and right. and go back because like i said i'm on a journey now with this and oh i am too because after seeing this it's it's hard not to want to kind of dive it's into it's, world. it's really hard not to want to yeah. dive into that world yeah you hit the nail on the head and it's um so again like i said i uh, you know the way this was coming together and we tried to hit the pertinent points with with his with his work. And I, and I feel like we did a pretty good job with that. You know, I feel yeah. like I, you know, these are things I've learned listening to some podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, and, and watching some videos and reading some things about right. it. But that seems to be like the big ones. And, and, and they all apply to the, to the film, mm-hmm. you know, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So before we take a break, let's talk about something that, that we need to talk about with the movie uh, that people are talking about with the movie. Lavinia cast a spell out of the, Hold on, let me make sure I'm saying it correctly. Necromonicon. Mm-hmm. I got I got I got roasted for that. 
I got. You can. You can what go. What did you call it last time? Do you remember? I. I. I don't know. It's been so yeah, long. It's been some three years now since we since we did it. Um, I mean, somebody he wrote a review, you know, and rightfully so. Okay, I mispronounced it. I mean, they they went after me on that. But uh, she's casting a spell, and she wants to be taken away from all this and her mother's pain to be taken away because the mother uh, had breast cancer mm-hmm. and had a double mastectomy. And uh, well, her 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 spell comes true. Mm-hmm. You know, so did she bring it down or was it one of those things? Yeah. You know, right. Guess what? We really don't have an answer because that is the spirit of this movie. Yeah. And I think I think, too, she was doing a spell for protection. I read that, you know, uh-huh. when the mother creature was trying to attack her, it yeah. couldn't get to her. You know, yeah. she was protected. So I guess I guess her spells worked. But of course, it required a blood. Blood sacrifice in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. So final final question for for taking. Let's go back to what we how we started this with Lovecraft talking about Lovecraft and the Great Old Ones. What do you think? Is there is there thing are there things like that out there? I mean, I think so. I think I think there's a whole. I don't know if they're out there like he described them, but I I'm pretty sure that there's a whole galactic history you know that we're unaware of I, I always just just go to the simple question you know like or the simple thought like well we're here so right and and then you get into the whole else? thing and this is kind of pertinent to this movie you know there's only so much of the spectrum that's visible to us and what right. else is out there what else is yeah, occupying I mean, if we can be here who's to say there's that nothing else can be what else is occupying the space mm-hmm. how many dimensions are, are stacked on top of each other yeah it's there there are some questions you know and and yep. and obviously we're going to answer them here on this podcast <laughs> obviously yes, obviously obviously so well it's time for a very short break we have a well. We have a treat tonight. You know, this is this is the news break. You know, okay. usually in, yes. in the show, um, we have been feeling that the show lacks an educational element. All right. Tonight's treatise on Lovecraft, notwithstanding, <laughs> and um, you know, the show relies a little too heavily on low hanging fruit. It it relies too much on farts. And that's what she said jokes <laughs> sometimes. So I feel that we need to up the IQ quotient here. All right. And, uh, you know, you look around the world. I mean, let's face it. People are pretty stupid. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> people are pretty dumb. And we want to do our part here on the Late Night Fright to help alleviate this problem. I like it. Are we going to alleviate all of the problem? Mm. Well, history tells us no. No. History tells us no. (laughs) You can lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink, but we're going to do our part because we want to make a better world. We want to make a better world. So we don't really have news tonight, but we have a special guest. educational segment. We have an educational segment. (laughs) That's right. We have... Brought to you by... We have Nicolas Cage himself. And he's going to teach us a little something here. We we all in the need, break. you know, we all need a little, yeah. A yeah. little. Just we're trying to make the world yeah. a better place. I know? like it. Yeah, we're trying not to be detached and isolated and fear the unknown. <laughs> yeah, you know? 
you know, we're trying we're trying to avoid the Lovecraftian horror right. that permeates the <laughs> world. So this is special. So you should you should really pay attention. All pay right. attention. Let's hear it. All right. So we're gonna take a very short break. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side of whatever this is. It's all alphabetical. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Huh? That's all you have to do. Welcome back. Do you feel smarter? A little bit. I know my ABCs now. Uh, yeah. Maybe next time he'll do the days of the week. That or like, or, you know, one through 10 or something like that. <laughs> need a little brush up. <laughs> Thank you, Nicholas Cage, for learning us our, our ABCs. <laughs> so, Who needs uh, Sesame Street? <laughs> who needs Sesame Street when you've got the cage? Right. So really like this movie. This is this is a really great movie. See it if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. It it it. Does a lot of things really, really well. Yeah, I want everybody to see this one. I don't want this one to kind of go on fade notice. away. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that good. I feel like. Yeah, it's got it got really great reviews too. Yeah. The Lovecraft influence can still be seen. We talked about Sam Raimi uh, in the Evil Dead. Well, he is directing the new Doctor Strange movie that's uh, set to be released at the time of this recording. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I saw some of the creatures that were uh, featured in the trailer for that and very, very influenced by Lovecraft. So, so yeah, it's, it's still good. out there. There was a show on HBO called Lovecraft Country. Uh, I have not seen that. So, uh, I mean, it's out there. It's out there in the in the popular culture. There's a, like a Dr. Seuss-style book on the uh, Kulu mythos. <laughs> it looks like green eggs and ham, and he's well, that's cool. on there. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. So... Um, this is, uh, supposed to be the start of a trilogy. Unfortunately, the director, Richard Stanley, got in a little bit of trouble. There were accusations of, uh, some, uh, abuse and, um, so, uh, he then filed suit against the lady who was claiming the abuse for slander and libel. Uh, I, I don't know what happened. I'm not going to, to. You know, past judgment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the facts. I know all I know is that that happened. Um, so as of right now, we don't know. We don't, you know, or if if he will continue with this, or if or if someone else will will pick it up. I I certainly hope, you know, that whatever that situation is, that gets resolved right correctly. Yes, I might add correctly, mm-hmm. and that if he is indeed innocent, that he's able to continue this this work here and if he's not able to that someone else is is able to do it because i i I would i would love to see what what this could be 
that, but I'd love to see what he could do with it because I feel like, like I said earlier, I feel like the love and reverence he, for the this, love yeah. and understanding of this is there because this could have gone way out and yeah. just been like, what is this? Yeah, totally. You know? So we hope that works out. You know, as like like I said, it, correctly, correctly. Right. You know, we don't want to seem biased one way, one no. way or the other. So. But um, really good stuff. Check it out. Check it out. And like I said, um, you can reach us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, uh, regardless if you're a Lovecraft fan or not. Uh, but if you are, please, please let us know what you think of Lovecraft and why you're a fan and uh, what your favorite uh, stories are. Like I said, I'm trying to do them in order. And uh, but I'm, I'm very interested in, in you know, people's uh, favorites. Yeah. So, uh, really, really, really good stuff. Yeah, I can't wait to to dive a little deeper into his work. Same, same here. Same here. Uh, well, that's it for, for Color Out of Space. That's it. That's it for Color Out of Space. So, uh, next week, uh, we're switching gears. <laughs> we're kind of doing a complete 180 <laughs> from uh, from Lovecraft, uh, from, the, from the dark nihilism, <laughs> of the, of the cosmic horror uh, we're gonna be doing a movie. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see how this sounds to you, Faith. Uh, summer, summer's soon upon us, mm-hmm. which means baseball season yes. is soon upon us. And uh, I think we should do a baseball movie with ghosts. I'm all for what it. What do you think? <laughs> I'm all for Doesn't it. Doesn't that sound great? Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. The movie we're going to be doing next time is amazing. Opening day is soon upon us for Major League Baseball. College baseball is well underway right now, but. Opening day for Major League Baseball is soon upon us. And guess what? We're going to be doing the 1989 Kevin Costner film, Field of Dreams. This is an absolute classic. And yes, indeed, it is a ghost story. There's a lot of ghosts in this movie. I love ghost stories and I love baseball. There you go. And I love Kevin Costner. So let's there do you it. go. <laughs> this, uh, this, this plays, I'm going to say this uh, right now in this episode, and we'll, we'll, we'll follow this through. When we do the episode proper, uh, it's like a really great episode of the Twilight Zone. You know, it's got it's got that kind of thing to it. That it's, sounds fun. It's, it's this this one's really really good. I really can't believe good. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the Twilight Zone and the Sixth Sense a little bit. You know, it's got it's got it's really a wonderful movie. Great cast. We've got Kevin Costner. We've got Amy Madigan. We've got Darth Vader. We've got James Earl Jones mm-hmm. in this. We've got Ray Liotta. Ray from Shantix. You know, Shantix helped him quit smoking. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, we've got Dwyer Brown. That's a face you're going to recognize. We've got uh, Frank Whaley. Frank Whaley's another uh, face you're going to recognize. And we've got the one and only Burt Lancaster, the great Academy Award winning Burt Lancaster in this movie. This this one, this is this is one of my favorite films of all time. This is, this is a great movie. And again... I know we're the horror and sci-fi movie podcast, but there's ghosts in this movie, so yeah, it passes. So it passes. <laughs> it passes the smell test. There you go. So color out of space, excellent. Nicholas Cage, always, always fun to watch. Faith, do you have anything that you'd you'd like to add? I think that's about it. That's about it for me. I hope that you're all out there doing well. We hope that you have a great week, great month, whenever it is that you're that you're listening to this and uh, we want to thank you all for tuning in. It's a great privilege and pleasure to bring you our conversation. We hope that you're out there. Uh, We hope that you're happy. We hope that you're healthy and summer's upon us to get out there and get some sun, get some sun. You know, the world's weird right now. Um, My advice 
is to do what Nancy did in A Nightmare on Elm Street when Freddy comes up out the bed and is standing behind her ready to ready to get her as he says he's going to split her in two right Mm -hmm. and what does she do she turns her back on him she takes away all the power that she gave him all of the fear that to me is one of the most important images in movies and it's a powerful it's a powerful image and it's a great metaphor for what you need to do uh there's people out there uh who mean you harm they're no good don't give them any power don't give them you know if if you if you don't if you if you just yeah, don't notice them. If you just, you know, exactly. ignore them, they'll go away. Yep. They'll go away. So we hope that you're doing well. We know we know it's weird. We we do. We know oh, it's we weird. Notice. But uh we want to thank you all for tuning in and hopefully our mission here is to just give you a laugh every now and then, give you some insight, give you some analysis, give you a movie review, give you give you an hour or so to get away from everything and uh, hopefully turn you on to some good stuff like Color Out of Space, exactly. Field of Dreams, yes. or any of the other movies that are <laughs> in our back catalog. <laughs> so Lots of good movies. So there you go. Thank you all for tuning in. It seems like a set time, doesn't it? Faith? It does. It feels like a set time. So let us snap our fingers and make the magic happen. Are you ready? I'm ready. On the count of three. One, two, three. All right, time to say goodbye. Hey, that's my line. My baby. Nah, too. Just well, my only advice to you out there is if a strange meteorite from space crashes outside of your farm, leave. Run. <laughs> leave <laughs> immediately. <laughs> All right, take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster. monster on a leash. We'll see you on the other side.